Advisory Group's Smart City Podcast. I'm Jim Frazier, Vice President of Smart Cities here at ARC Advisory Group. And today we'll be discussing the political factors of a smart city. This is number five in a five-part series on human social human factors of a smart city. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Public space. Many cities realize the importance of public space for the well-being of citizens as spaces for interaction or quiet, rest or play. Well-designed public spaces also improve a city's livability. They have a positive impact on its economy and provide city residents with chances to encounter nature and wildlife. Building standards. New standards set benchmarks and requirements for the performance and design of urban systems and structures, and they are increasingly asked for by both the public and the private sector. This includes better integration between different urban systems such as transportation, energy, and waste. The same applies to components of buildings themselves. The well-building standard, for example, focuses on on enhancing people's wealth, health, and well-being through the built environment. Um, The well-building standard is quite comprehensive, and it includes seven concepts for healthier buildings, including air and water, Nourishment, meaning healthy food options. Light, meaning uh, lighting that is glare-free and circadian um, rhythm-dependent. Fitness, comfort, and mind, meaning organizational policies and transparency for flexible and adaptable spaces that, that fit the application. Devolution. Many cities, particularly those in developed areas, are calling for greater financial freedom to enable local politicians to maximize growth potential. Cities thus empowered can then be more competitive and can be incentivized to grow faster. As an example, only 7% of taxes paid by the residents of London in the UK, uh, residents and business taxes, are redistributed by local elected bodies. Policing. Declining public budgets and growing populations are placing huge strains on urban police forces. Advancements in technology may assist in mitigating these effects. Urban governance. Urban governance is the process through which democratically elected governments and a range of urban stakeholders make decisions about how to plan, finance, and manage the urban realm. While there is a wide range of governance structures, increasing responsibilities in both local and regional contexts are not being matched with a corresponding increase in funding. Subsidies. One of the most common forms of subsidy by urban authorities is the provision of public transportation systems. In the 20 largest U.S. cities, this subsidy averages 70% of the total cost of operation. Terrorism. Global terrorism constitutes a fundamental threat to a city's security and of course has had devastating effects on citizens and the economy. 
from 1970 to 2017, over 170,000 terrorist incidents have been recorded worldwide. System interdependence. To improve resilience and efficiency, many city authorities increasingly need to consider the interdependence of these systems. This includes the effects of global issues such as climate change and food prices on, on systems such as waste, energy, and water, as well as on social infrastructure. Uh, a few years ago, New York City's Hurricane Sandy highlighted the challenges and the cascading negative effects that, that occurred. Environmental policy. Cities are a key contributor to climate change, responsible for 75% of global CO2 emissions. This can be mitigated through environmentally sensitive practices and policies. For example, Melbourne, Australia has set a municipal target of zero net emissions. Leadership. Strong city, county, state, provincial leadership, such as, such as mayors and elected officials, provides visibility, legitimacy, and decision-making power to city governance. Greater financial power and autonomy are important for urban areas to achieve economic growth and social and environmental improvements. Transparency. Citizens are demanding greater accountability and transparency from their governments in order to fight corruption and improve services. Slovakia, for example, evaluates its 100 largest cities on 111 indicators of transparency. Institutional capacity. New forms of institutions and leadership, such as community-based organizations for resource management, are needed to manage the complex, interdependent social, economic, and environmental issues facing cities. Developing cities may benefit the most from engaging a variety of urban actor stakeholders with a strong community basis, as these cities often lack appropriate institutional capacities to address the multitude of concerns that are existing. Public opinion, climate change, Economic crises, political upheavals, and mass migration continues to foster public dissent and political activism. As governments fear political instability, public protest can be the tipping point that forces change in the right direction. Stakeholder engagement. Indeed, this one is, is often thought of as being a, a foundational piece of smart cities. Stakeholder engagement, including the involvement of local communities, private communities, NGOs, and anyone who may touch the solution, is a powerful tool for cities to find solutions to complex issues. Truly giving stakeholders a say in decision-making, rather than simply informing them, gives the process more legitimacy and very often leads to better solutions. Stakeholder community involvement in urban planning helps tailor developments to the needs of the exact community. It increases commitment and provides valuable location-specific insights. The collective consciousness. Social media and crowdsourcing are now opening up new possibilities for public engagement and participation, changing how cities undertake projects, how they collect data, and how they gauge public opinion. Social media opens up the planning process to a larger, more representative audience, 
while crowdsourcing can be used to leverage intellectual capacity and local knowledge to solve those exact city problems. Public-private partnerships. These are a mechanism for cities to fund infrastructure and government services, enabling urban areas to undertake improvements without raising taxes. While there are downsides, the use of public-private partnerships continues to grow worldwide. Privatization. Many cities also turn to private sector involvement or full privatization of services in order to decrease the burden on public budgets. While services have been privatized in many areas, some often have returned back to public sector control. Competitiveness. Competitiveness determines the wealth and poverty of nations, regions, and cities. Successful cities attract highly paid workers due to their spot as centers of innovation and entrepreneurship. They often have a concentration of universities and reach and they have production facilities where new products can be developed and commercialized. Global politics. As key centers of political and financial power, cities are playing an increasingly important role in international politics, cooperating with each other in matters including climate change and security. Cities are also increasingly representing themselves and their interests at an international level as well. The electoral cycle. The power of mayors and other elected officials is increasingly being realized and many city planning decisions are invariably becoming dependent on the electoral cycle and on its electoral integrity. Decisions on city systems, infrastructure assets, and buildings often depend on the direction of the city government, including the mayor. So with that, we've concluded a brief discussion on political factors of a smart city. Briefly, we discussed public space, building standards, devolution, policing, and urban governance. We talked about transit subsidies, terrorism, system inter interdependence, environmental policies, and the role of leadership. We discussed transparency, institutional capacity, public opinion, stakeholder engagement, and collective consciousness. Lastly, we wound up our discussion by, discuss by talking about public-private partnerships, the role of privatization, competitiveness, the role of cities in the, in the global political discussion, and the electoral cycle, which often influences projects. I thank you for attending this, the fifth part of a five-part series of the Human Factors of a Smart City, and I urge you to take a look at the, the other previous four episodes. In addition, I'd like to make uh, one small note that ARC Advisory Group has a truly special offer for end users of Smart City Technologies. If you join our end user only Smart Cities Digital Transformation Council community for free, you also qualify for a complimentary full event ticket to our Smart City Forum on February 16th and 17th. That's a $495 value. It also allows you access to the preceding week's ARC Full Industry Forum. Our Smart City Digital Transformation Council meets regularly throughout the year. It's a discussion group of smart city best practices hosted by and for 
Smart City End Users. The Smart City Forum features two full days of end user-led presentations and discussions on a wide range of smart city topics, from the future energy grid to drones, IoT, and smart lighting, to the impacts of electric, connected, and autonomous vehicles, and quite a bit more. So, if you're an end user, please register for the Smart Cities Digital Transformation Council community at the link provided in this message, and we'll probably send you information on your free registration for the ARC Smart City Forum. We look forward to seeing all of you at both our Smart City DTC meetings, as well as at the annual ARC Smart City Forum on February 16th and 17th. Thank you very much, and we we'll look forward to talking to you again on another edition of the Smart City Podcast.